Hi friends, uh, here we are, the last sermon in Ephesians for a while. Uh, next week we begin Advent and we'll be reflecting on the coming of God as a human, the power of the good news of the incarnation, that God became one of us and revealed the clearest picture of what God is like, what it means to be human, uh, living in the fullness of relationship with God. After Christmas, we are going to enter into the book of Matthew, and we'll be soaking in the life and story of Jesus and what that means for us today. Um, but right now, we, what we want to do is we want to wrap up with one last crack at this question, uh, what is the church and what is my place in it? Or more specifically, uh, what are the gifts that I have and what am I supposed to do with them? Over the last two weeks, I've been trying to shape our imaginations to see the way in which the church is not an organization or a building or an event that happens on Sunday. Rather, the church is a people called by God, living and serving one another as they are gifted by the Holy Spirit. As Ephesians 4.16 said, the whole body grows into him from him, Jesus, as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love, as each one does its part. So each part of the body has a work to do. And as Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's accomplishment, created in King Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. As we saw in Ephesians 4, God gifts people, and I would argue gifts all of us, to do the work of ministry, to build each other up in love. I loved Dustin's comment on Sunday uh, about how a few years ago he felt the Holy Spirit was saying to him, and he asked, like, why doesn't the church do this thing, right? And he felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to him, well, then why don't you do it? It's the reminder to each of us that if we have a passion for something, chances are the Holy Spirit has actually gifted you to do that work. As Jesus was preparing to return to the Father, he says to his disciples in John 14, I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus anticipates that his body, the church, will continue to do the ministry that he himself did while he was on earth. Jesus is the model for us of what it is like to live a life in close relationship to God. Uh, and one of those things that Jesus does is that he does this work of ministry. And to help us do that, we are given the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, different translations say a companion, a helper, or an advocate, uh, one who joins us in living out the work of Jesus in the world. Now, it's worth just pausing here and saying that there are some streams of Christianity uh, that look at the gifts of the Spirit and and say, well, those gifts were for a specific time. Uh, maybe it was just for the early church as they were being established. Uh, but those gifts are no longer active in the church today. And so we shouldn't expect to have dreams or prophecies or speaking in tongues or healings or any of those sorts of gifts today. These gifts have ceased, and so they get the name called cessationists. Uh, John MacArthur is probably one of the most famous cessationists in the church today. Now, I, I want to be charitable. Um, they have come to this conclusion through reading of Scripture, and they are trying to be faithful to what they see in the text. I would just say that I do not agree with that reading of Scripture. My own reading of Scripture, my experience of the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and friends and, and family and people in ministry that we've, we've been with for many years would just say, 
it looks and seems like actually the Holy Spirit is still giving all of these gifts to the church. Uh, now, it's not just my own experience or my own reading of scripture that disagrees with this cessationist teaching. A part of our broader family of church, our network of churches, is called the Mennonite Brethren. And our corporate confession of faith says this, Through the Holy Spirit, God gives gifts to each member for the well-being of the whole body. These gifts are to be exercised in God's service to build up the church and minister in the world. So we believe that all the gifts, including apostles and healing and speaking in tongues and prophecy, all of those gifts are still given and active in the church today. Within the New Testament, we see that there are four main texts uh, that speak about spiritual gifts and their use, and they each kind of give a partial list. Uh, the first one is Romans 12 which our congregation spent some time working through not that long ago in a different series. I'll just highlight from that chapter four verses, Romans 12, four to eight. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ. And individually, we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one should giving should do it with no strings attached, and the leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. The second main section on spiritual gifts comes from 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. And so we're not going to read all three chapters, uh, but you can do that later on your own time. Uh, just in broad strokes, though, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, it starts with this line, Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Which means that the alternative is possible, right? It is possible to miss out on the gifts that the Spirit of God has given. Uh, at the same time, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 reminds us, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. And then Paul continues, a word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit, faith to still another by the same Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit. Performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same spirit who gives what he wants to each person. Down in chapter 12, verses 27 to 31, Paul names a few more gifts. Apostles, prophets, teachers, leadership skills, the ability to help others. Chapter 13, Paul talks about the universal gift of love. All people have this. And, and, and then in chapter 14, Paul spends more time talking about two specific spiritual gifts. The gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues. Which I guess kind of makes sense because today those two gifts are still probably the two that we have the most questions about. The third main passage is Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, which we have been talking about for the last two weeks. And then finally, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through King Jesus. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. 
So as I think about spiritual gifts, I have a lot of thoughts, actually. Uh, one of them is that I am saddened to see the ways in which the gifts of God that have been given to the church so that the church could serve one another and the world have been so distorted. Uh, I find speaking about spiritual tr gifts a, a bit difficult because I'm so aware of the hurt that has come from some teaching about these gifts. I, I'm aware of the shame people feel around their gifts or the guilt that they have for not knowing what their gift is or not having the energy to use their gift. Um, the gift of prophecy, the gifts of speaking in tongues, they've been especially divisive and painful in some churches. I know people have been deeply wounded by other people who in their enthusiasm for what they've experienced in speaking in tongues uh, have made it the gift and they want everyone to have it. The gift of a prophecy has done the same sort of thing where people said, I have a word from God for you. And then, and then it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It hurts. So if I say something here that, that triggers something in you, please, please know that isn't my intention. And uh, I'm sorry. What I really, uh, what we really don't want to do is we don't want to overemphasize some gifts and make them the gift that we should all strive for. At the same time, we don't want to deny that the gifts of God are still evident and active. So, so what do we need to know about spiritual gifts? And the first one I would say thing is just that you have one or two or five. Um, in, in this Ephesians passage, we hear about apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And we know that Jesus himself was each one of those things. And so was Paul. Paul in his life lived out all five of those giftings. So somewhere in your life, I am confident that God has gifted you with at least one of these gifts. The second thing you need to remember is that God does not divide the secular and the sacred. Uh, there is no holy spaces and unholy spaces. There are no places that you're supposed to use your spiritual gifts and aren't supposed to use your spiritual gifts. Romans 12.1 calls us to put our whole life on the altar as a sacrifice to God. What this means is that we really need to broaden our understanding of the places in which your gift is to be used. And, and this is really important. Your, your gifts are meant to be used everywhere like do you have the gift of teaching that's awesome like that's great but does, does that does that mean that if you don't do the teaching on a sunday gathering you're not using your gift so absolutely not right don't let a sunday gathering dominate your imagination for the thousands of places that god wants you to use that gift god has gifted you to teach in a whole variety of other settings maybe it's using your gift to teach your kids or teach other kids about jesus or lead a bible study or mentor someone or teach them or, or shoot maybe you're just a teacher who teaches in a school and you're using the gift that god has given you to teach to help kids succeed in life your spiritual gifts are given to be used every day of the week, not just for an hour on a Sunday. So I want to say this again. Don't let a Sunday gathering dominate your imagination for the thousands of places that God wants you to use your spiritual gifts. Just use them in, so that in everything God may be honored through King Jesus. Thirdly, I want us to remember that our gifts are not our identity. Uh, this, I'm told, is a phrase that's common in YWAM. Like, your identity is not your gifting. Our identity, our identity is first and foremost found in our relationship with God as his child, as one who is saved by grace, by the action of King Jesus. That is who you are. 
Another phrase I came across that apparently comes from YWAM is that God plants each person in the church as a gift. I like that because I believe that all of you who call this congregation home are here because God has planted you to be part of our church family with the gifts that we need. Uh, you have the gifts that our congregation needs. And, and, and interestingly, since our gifts are not our identity, what we might find is that our gifts change or shift because something new is needed in a particular local expression of the church. Maybe you never thought you were an evangelist or a prophet before, but the times that we live in, the time that we are, the place that we find ourselves in, that maybe God is raising up something new in you because that's what's needed for the building up of the church. And so our gifts are not our identity and our gifts can and do change. One last observation in Ephesians 4.13, it says, God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. So in his commentary on Ephesians, Thomas Yoder Neufeld writes, But the church is not yet all that it can and will be. The saints must be conscious of the fact that they must draw on the gifts of Christ to live up to their identity as Christ's body and grow more fully into that identity. Like there is this already not yetness of the church. There, there is the reality that the church is already the incarnation of Christ, Ephesians 2, 5, and is already involved in the task of gathering all things together in Christ, Ephesians 1, 10. And yet... It's not yet all that it can be. And each of us, you and me, have a role to play in making the church all that it can be. So how do you know what your spiritual gift is? Well, here's just a few really quick ideas. Number one is just start serving. Uh, we know that spiritual gifts are given for the purpose of serving others. So, so dive in and, and try something. Ask to help somewhere. Uh, see what you are good at and what drains you and what you aren't good at. The second thing is to do some personal study and reflection. God made you and gifted you, so spend some time reading these four passages that we mentioned. Uh, look into some of the definitions of the spiritual gifts. Pray. Look at how God wired your personality, your passions, your strengths, your weaknesses. Uh, I like Galatians 6, uh, 4 to 5 in the message. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Number three, uh, try doing a good old Google search and a quiz. Uh, a really good one comes from Saddleback Community Church. It's called Shape. Uh, it, S is for spiritual gifts. What am I gifted to do? H, what is my, your heart? Uh, what do you have a passion for? A is your abilities. What are you naturally good at? P, personality. How has God uniquely wired you? Uh, and then E, experiences. Where have you been? What have you done? And how do all of those things give shape to your spiritual gifting and what God has uh, gifted you to do in the church and the world? And lastly, number four um, is just to include others in the discernment. Bring some other people into this journey. Ask them what they see in you. Uh, since gifts are given to be used for the building of the body, uh, other people probably have an easier time seeing your gifts and the way that you have been impacted them or others around them uh, as you lived out your gifting. 
First Peter 4.10 says, And serve each other according to the gift each person has received as good managers of God's diverse gifts. So, so listen, you are a gift. You are both a gift and gifted. God does not overlook anyone. So if you are hearing this, know that Jesus has gifted you with some of his great variety of spiritual gifts. And you are invited to share that gift with the church and with the world because you are a gift. You are invited to use your gift to help people become all that they were meant to be. You are invited to use your gift to serve people, building them up, encouraging them, caring for them, sharing their joys and their sorrows. And as you are doing this, as you are serving and giving to others, others will come alongside you and give to you and serve you as well. I love the last line in 1 Peter 4.11. He says, Then everything you do will bring glory to God through King Jesus. Or in the message, that way God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get the credit as the one mighty in everything. So this is my closing thought. You are a gift. And so don't get too caught up in the idea of spiritual gifts. Hopefully this has helped you understand a little bit more about gifts. And I'm happy to work with you through more of this personally. uh, Help you find your gifts. But I just want to emphasize again that just because we call them spiritual gifts doesn't mean that they are to be used only in a spiritual setting, like a worship gathering or a small group. Spiritual gifts find their expression in everything you do that brings glory to Jesus. Everything you do that makes God's bright presence evident. Your gifts of wisdom, apostleship, encouraging, serving, creative communication, mercy, leadership, knowledge, all of these things are for building up the church and making Jesus known in the world. So let's go. Let's start serving authentically and letting the brightness of God's presence that lives in you shine to everyone you meet. Grace and peace.